welcome to Life Pairings, where two Canadian alcohol connoisseurs mix life events and libations. Hello, I'm Carla Richards. And I'm Brittany Lysing. And this is Life Pairings, because life is hard, so pair it with alcohol. As we are still in quarantine, and to be honest, the show doesn't have the budget, we have our coconut-scented candles going, the heat's turned way up, and we're wearing (laughs) oversized sunglasses and neon flip-flops, as this week's life pairing is Sun Vacation in Mai Tais. We discuss the Victorian bathing machine, the battle over Mai Tais, and the ocean's hypnotic waves. So, Brittany, I assume you're picturing yourself in Hawaii right now as you just got back from there before the government made you come back to Canada. (laughs) The government uh, requested subtly that uh, we get back into the country. Yeah, I was in Hawaii. My family actually lives there. So we were uh, doing some visiting, doing some drinking and enjoying our uh, enjoying our lives. Nice. When you say family, is that a little more stressful? Like I always associate sun vacations with very much like low stress. I'm not doing anything. No expectations. Yeah, man. And you know what? It was it was actually uh, for the very first time. It was it was exactly uh, low stress as as it could get. It was like every other time we're running around, we're trying to like see all our family members and and get everybody together and cars and boats and trucks, just trying to get to the right place, you know. But this was we were actually in sort of a uh, remote little cottage on uh, right on the ocean. So everybody just came to us and we left two times in two weeks. So essentially I was quarantined for 14 days with my whole family and extended family (laughs) pre-quarantine and uh, was very much looking forward to coming back and uh, getting back on stage and and getting back into the the real world here a little bit. But, but it was, uh, it was actually exactly what I needed at the time. It was, uh, it was beautiful. We watched the ocean uh, come in every, every morning and, and uh, it was beautiful. Nice. I uh, was just in Cabo in November or late December. Very odd trip for me. We've done it a couple of times, but this time they had Christmas decorations up. And that's something that your brain can't handle. (laughs) It is weird. I've spent Christmas in Hawaii as well. And I feel like it truly is just like a little like, hey, this doesn't match. Like, you know, growing up in Canada and Calgary specific, always cold, always snowing. So now to see sun and sun and yeah. sand and uh, it just doesn't uh, does not compute. No, no, I was so confused, and then I came <laughs> back home and was like, "Oh God, Christmas!" I forgot. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> "Oh my God, Christmas is here." I know it's uh, it's uh, it's an it's an odd dynamic. It's you know, and everybody there is so used to it, but you're like, you know, other than uh, singing Mili Kaliki Maka <laughs> and just being as ridiculous as possible, it's it's hard to it's a weird time of year to spend there. Yeah. You're going to talk about some psychological effects that sun vacations have on us, right? Yeah. It was um it was an interesting read actually. Uh turns up uh, turns out getting away from the people who drive you crazy to meet new people who have not yet annoyed you, to see new things you have not yet learned to take for granted, very good for you. Yay. Right? Yeah, and topping it off with uh, sun and sand and the hypnotic effect of the ocean come highly recommended by the mental health community. So with or without the uh, presence of uh, the beach, vacationing alone has a resounding effect on mental health as it tends to have, you know, a metaphorical reset button attached to it. 
Psychology Today says even the anticipation of taking a trip is good to do. You don't even have to get there. You just have to think about it. Just the thought of not sitting at your desk and plotting your boss's untimely death can release endorphins. <laughs> uh, that part was not in psychology today. Those are just my own. <laughs> your own thoughts. Yes, they they yes. just made the observation that it's good. It's good to think about taking trips. And then I was like, I'll add a little of me to that article. Yeah. <laughs> and once you get there, the benefits are countless. But if you want it to countless, Forbes magazine states the top five mental benefits of taking a vacation are number one it's a great stress buster get out of that stress bubble baby number two you'll notice that i just like to add my own little flair to things so people are just gonna have to deal with who i am uh, number two it helps re it helps reinvent yourself leave the old you behind you're the new you and the new you is in a floral print shirt and white pants Number three, it boosts the happiness and satisfaction within your life. Drinking for days on end with no rules tends to make you happier. <laughs> You'll notice I'm not a doctor. Uh, number four, <laughs> it makes you mentally resilient. You planned it. You left your life behind. You can do anything, girl. And number five, it enhances creativity, uh, which I, I just associate with like you're drinking a lot. Those who do psychedelics are probably very creative. These are all so funny. Um, the beach, uh, the beach aspect of it only adds to the experience because the color blue is actually calming. There's a lot of uh, studies that say the color blue is calming. The ocean pumps negative ions into the air that you breathe in, which is uh, is uh, associated with uh, fighting anxiety and depression Ooh. as well. And staring at the ocean's wave changes the frequency of your own brain waves, pulling you into a light meditative state. So yeah, uh, Hawaii was actually voted the happiest state eight years in a row because they are next oh, to the wow. water. So going on vacation next to yeah. water, being in the sun and the sand is a, is really has really really positive uh, mental effects on your yeah. life. Yeah, is, are the things that I found out. I looked for some negative mm -hmm. effects, uh, and the only thing I could find were reserved for the overprivileged, and they <laughs> seem to be it, like just wasn't as fun as you had hoped. Right. You know. <laughs> Like that's, that's like literally like I went through like medical journals to find out that just like one white girl from fucking Santa Barbara was like, it wasn't as fun as I hoped. I have a bit of a, uh, a problem with expectation of myself, not of the trip. And I expect myself to go on a sun vacation. And I know that all I want to do is sit by the pool and read and drink. Right. But somewhere in the back of my head is my mom going like, well, you should be seeing this thing and that thing and doing this and having that thing and like learning these things. And I, so by the end of my trip, I'm like, I feel anxious and I like, I did something wrong, but at the same time, this was my goal. Yeah. So but I actually did. I did read a, a study uh, from psychology today that uh, was talking about like, it was like 10 ways to not get too stressed out on vacation. And uh, it wasn't associated directly with beach vacations, but it was just exactly mm -hmm. that. It was like over planning and over, uh, over expectations and stuff so it was basically just like uh make a playlist that calms you <laughs> oh. make a yeah and then make another one when you come back because you're gonna be sad <laughs> again <laughs> yes that's actually one thing i read somewhere was pick a song for your vacation whether you're going like wherever you're going uh whether it's you know a sun vacation or to new york or something pick a song listen to it a couple times throughout your holiday and then when you hear it later on you're like oh i've 
you know, Mexico vibes or like Hawaii vibes. Yeah, that's exactly what it said. It was like, pick a song, pick a drink, like something that reminds you of that vacation and then takes your mind back to that thing. So like, there's really nothing that is stressful about being on vacation. It's all the over-preparation. And then when you Mm -hmm. get home, dealing with the effects of like, oh, I can't live on vacation, which I think we all found out in the... (laughs) full house episode when dj and stephanie went away to summer camp you know and then they wanted to live there and uncle jesse had to take them back there to show (laughs) them that you cannot live at summer camp oh but we're trying real hard in this quarantine time (laughs) (laughs) i know i feel like we are away on summer i that's the thing is the transition from the beach vacation into quarantine has led to an incredibly unhealthy amount of cocktails at 2 (laughs) p.m Yeah, yeah. Well, at least you're being creative and it's cocktails. Let me tell you something. I'm going to call it a cocktail, whether it's in a glass with ice or if I'm just drinking it in a closet. It's just that's how I was raised. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. Well, a little mixing and that's all you need. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, that was the the psychology turned out to be that it was um you know a very healthy a healthy thing. It's good to get out. It's good to see new places and meet new people. Uh, fresh air was a major component of it as well because you're not uh, in the house uh, typically when you're on vacation. You're out getting a lot more fresh air than you you normally would in your day to day life. And uh, yeah, and just uh, it's invigorating to experience new things. So I'm going to talk a little bit about some history of sun vacations. Woo! Okay, so tell me if you've been in this situation. You're at the beach. You're rocking a new bathing suit, (laughs) which you've not tried in the water. And somehow you realize that it either doesn't fit or that it's see-through or that you've accidentally lost your bottoms because you did a dive (laughs) in and it's fancy and there's nothing left. So this is what you need. You needed a Victorian bathing machine. Have you seen these things before? It's, no, I can't say that I have. Okay, I'm going to show you a picture. We'll put it up on Instagram. <laughs> this is what it is. So it's like a, a big box with a weird tent thing at the end of it. So this, is, this became popular in Victorian times. Obviously, they, uh, they love their skimpy little tiny bikinis, right? So, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't I haven't worn uh, anything less than a one piece with shorts and a shirt on since 2002, but I respect <laughs> these gals. You would be doing great in Victorian times. So <laughs> people would enter these little wooden boxes. Generally, they had a roof, uh, all walled in with sort of doors at the end and the at the end and at the back, so that you could enter and exit. And these would be rolled into or pushed pulled by a horse into the sea. So this was largely sort of seaside towns in Britain. And meanwhile, they would change in their box from their very fancy normal clothes (laughs) into their like super scandalous bathing costume, which was usually like full sleeves, trousers made out of flannel. Oh my God. You know, water, (laughs) waterproof flannel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to be led into the deep part of the water where they could get out and then they could swim around and no one would see them in their, you know, scary bathing suit or co- bathing costume. As I, think I love the term bathing costume. It implies something I don't even know. <laughs> I know. That's what everybody calls it in the UK. And I always thought it was really funny, but you're right. It like makes it more exciting. You're like, I'm going to go get my bathing costume on. Like it's Halloween. <laughs> it, it implies that you're going to come out with Mickey Mouse ears on. Yeah. <laughs> so these were actually created back probably in 1750s when people actually swam in the nude. So there was no such thing as a bathing suit or costume. So you kind of needed something if you didn't want everybody to see 
all your bits and pieces. So once you had your little swim outside your little bathing machine, you would put up a flag and they would pull the little box back to the beach. You'd change back into your appropriate clothing so that then you can be seen in public and everybody is unscandalized. Do you know what? You're making this sound like it's not a great idea and I kind of love it. Like no, that, that, there's some good things in here. Like I really like the idea of somebody pulling a box to me, <laughs> drying me off, and then I'm just like, nope, oh, back in my other full neck to toe outfit that I had. <laughs> yeah, no, it. There's actually some. Uh, we should maybe look into this as a business <laughs> going forward, especially social isolation. You know, oh man, I like it. This could be. Uh, this could be the new thing. Some of these even had little tents, so once you were in the water, you could lower it around you, and therefore no one could see you. So you'd get out of your little box and be surrounded by a tent, which sounds a little claustrophobic, but I've spent a lot of time on British beaches, and I don't think uh, it's either been raining or windy, so actually this is a great idea, as you could (laughs) get into the water, but you're fully protected from outside. It kind of like does take away everything I hate about going to the beach, but love about the water. Like, yeah. I don't want to see anybody, you know, I don't want anybody to see me change into my bathing suit. I don't want to get too yeah. much sand on me. I don't want to not change in a tent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I kind of like all of this. <laughs> and if you really wanted to like fully immerse yourself in this, or you're super lazy and rich, uh, or couldn't swim, which was a lot of Victorians. They had people called dippers. Oh. And these were people of the same sex that would lift you out of your little wagon and put you in the water. And then when you were done, they would pick you back up and put you back in the wagon. Not to be confused with fluffers. (laughs) Sort of similar. (laughs) A less rude version. They just dipped you in the water? Yeah. Yep. Because That's amazing. You had to go deep enough that nobody could see you. So if you obviously can't swim or... I'm thinking this is more like maybe some of the like higher ups who are maybe a little bit more rotund. Yeah, I was going to say, given my current socioeconomic <laughs> le- leveling, I- I'm assuming I'd be the dipper, not the dip. <laughs> but apparently you can throw them in. So that might be like that was kind of part of the fun. So oh, I know. Abusive, That's flirty. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of sort of rotund people, Queen Victoria... Uh, queen of all decorum and modesty mm-hmm. had her own it's pretty fancy uh, we can again put a picture up it looks like a little house uh, and it had a front deck and curtains inside dude <laughs> I love this you know what I want this for I don't even need this for the beach I just need this for like any sort of social yes. like interaction like I want to be with people but for like a second if I could just wait have a little nap uh, like five minutes at a time in my own curtained home yep yeah the commute the you know the conversation gets a little too boring or a little too racy for you just like just gotta pop in in my little machine and i'll be right back yeah somebody says something rude to a server that makes you want to kill yourself and everybody <laughs> at the table and you're like oh my god i'm just gonna get in my little house and wait for this moment to pass yeah these lasted up till like in the 1890s and then they were a lot of them were moved on to the beach so you could do your changing on the beach but in a protected Ooh. room. Okay. I guess nobody knew about putting your bathing suit on underneath your clothes, but <laughs> that's the first thing I learned in <laughs> when we had to go swimming in in grade seven. I was like, I'm just gonna put my bathing suit on underneath my clothes. Yeah. 
Well, I'm yeah. a I'm a, a lake kid or a cabin kid, whatever. So I just spent yeah. my entire summer being like not aware that there was underwear, just wearing bathing suit, and then you know if I yeah. had to go to dinner, I put on a shirt and some shorts. Yeah, it dries off. Just put yeah. on a sweater. You'll be yeah. right. <laughs> that was my fashion. <laughs> Uh, speaking of fashion, so the bathing suits, you might like these. Ooh. So they were, like I said, they were made of flannel, but they were kind of like a dress over like little bloomers, like little capri pants. Okay. And then for the men, they were like a onesie with little short trousers. Ooh, I do like those. I've Mm -hmm. seen those. Mm -hmm. Those are, those are cute. I think they should come back those actually. Um, they also though, a lot of them were, so they were sleeveless, but they were woolen. Interesting fabric choice. In terms of not wanting to drown, I would not be picking for people that can't swim. Don't put them in flannel or wool. That'll pull you down. Right. But however, I don't think the old Victorian era wasn't rich in lycra. <laughs> so they're true, like, true. <laughs> <laughs> I think the bathing suits, uh, they, <laughs> I think they were doing the best they could. But I mean, they did pick the heaviest of materials. Yes. And I mean, it was cold. Like, I don't think that the water there i don't know if it ever warms up to be honest the water there it's still like yeah you know even in my husband's from scotland and he used to tell me stories of them going to the beach on the north sea which is like the sea that goes to the north pole so not not it always stresses me out when they make bathing suits out of an animal that doesn't swim (laughs) you know you ever see a sheep do the backstroke it's not happening no No. (laughs) so it's makes me nervous yeah. <laughs> All right, you've got a, a different kind of story for us. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I just uh, with the quarantine times, I thought this was a relevant topical uh, news story, and 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 it's not going to be overly accurate as so, so much as I've just th- think that everybody's been a little overexposed to it. I just love that guy who loved the beach and loved partying so much that he was willing to kill himself, his friends, and his grandparents. He didn't care. He had, like, a backwards hat. He was as Florida <laughs> as you could possibly be. He was just like, he's like, I don't care. I'm partying. I don't care who dies. I think that's what the beach does to you. It sways your uh, it sways your uh, morals sometimes. Yeah. So a couple too many drinks, uh, too much boozing, and a little bit of a... Uh, the sun can affect your... Um, your affect your and I think he's the... Uh, he's going to be memed forever and ever and ever. I think he'll turn 30 and he'll be like, oh, yeah, you guys recorded me when I was 19. <laughs> I was a jerk then. Sorry. <laughs> I, f- I feel like there should have been some state ruling <laughs> getting in the way of my moronic choices. That was my topical news story. I did, I did enjoy that. I'm sure everybody's seen that guy. If not, you should look him up. He's uh, just right. Florida uh, spring break Corona. And I'm sure he'll pop up and and uh, just the image of that will uh instill your face and the faith in the uh, Floridians as much as mine is. <laughs> nice. All right. Should we uh, discuss the Mai Tai? The Mai Tai. That's what we're all here for, isn't it? Yes. This is the uh, the alcoholic portion of the podcast. Um, and we chose uh, the Mai Tai to go alongside beach vacations. It's very beachy, the Mai Tai. It is. It tastes um, like summer. It tastes like summer. There's so much booze in it. Even if it didn't taste like summer, you wouldn't care by the end of it. Um, The Mai Tai has one ounce of light rum, one ounce of dark rum, one ounce of overproof rum, like a lemon heart, one ounce of lime juice, uh, one ounce of carousel, uh, which looks like a triple sec. And I have pronounced carcao for uh, 34 years until I 
watched the recipe be made. Uh, an ounce of uh, orgeat, which is just like a simple syrup, and uh, mint uh, shaken uh, over crushed ice and uh, in a tacky drink uh, drinking cup is what I was <laughs> uh, was told to do. Because it's a very tacky drink. The, uh, the Mai Tai... It's kind of, you know, it's, 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 it's a Polynesian tiki drink. The tiki bar uh, fame was, uh, grew incredibly popular in the 1940s and 50s following World War II. Did you know that? I did not. I thought it was, I would have associated maybe more in like 70s, 80s for some reason. I did too. There's something about the 80s that's just tacky and tiki <laughs> and. I think it's the colors maybe. Very bright color. But it was. There was a lot of people uh, in the Pacific theater in that uh, era following World War II, and uh, like uh, <laughs> like white folk tend to do, they appropriated an entire culture uh, and uh, started these tiki restaurants in uh, the California area at the time. And there's actually two people who claim to have made uh, the tiki, or sorry, the Mai Tai. Right. Did you know that? I did not. I'm guessing it's, this uh, is Dawn men. Yeah, two, two men who have claimed to just mixed a bunch of booze together, and they're very upset that the other one said they did oh, it first. No. One is Vic, Trader Vic, and he started the uh, the restaurant uh, chain called Trader Vic's. And the, uh, not to be associated with Trader Joe's? Not to be associated with Trader Joe's. And the other one is uh, Don the Beachcomber of the uh, Beachcomber fame as well. Uh, Beachcomber was a very famous restaurant uh, in that era, all the way up through till the the 80s, and maybe that's why we associate sort of that era with which the Beachcomber uh, restaurants. So actually, Trader Vic was the one who won the war there. Oh. He, uh, yeah, he went to court and he won the war. Uh because he came up, he coined the he coined the term Mai Tai, which is uh, a Tunisian word for uh, good. Oh, it's very simple. Just That's means good. good. Like very simple. Yeah, good. He said, <laughs> and uh, and uh, Don the Beachcomber uh, claimed that it was a ripoff of his drink, which he just called a QB cooler. But yeah, Trader Vic won won the war on that one and came from cool. And it's a very popular very popular beach drink very popular beach vacation drink yep rum is so associated with uh, the beach and water and stuff like that because rum is made with sugar and uh sugar comes from sugar cane very accessible on most islands whereas most booze is uh made from either potatoes or grains or anything like that rum is one of the only uh liquors made from from sugar so it's always associated with the beach and islands and and that sweet beach beach vacation uh vibe i guess i don't know <laughs> yeah did you know there is a national mai tai day i did not know that yeah so it's june 30th so everyone mark your calendars get your <laughs> breakfast mai tai ready and uh, you're good to go your breakfast i like that you've <laughs> uh, you've you've skipped it up in the day sometimes it has orange juice in it so it's basically a breakfast drink right anything that's fruity can go in the morning <laughs> that's what i was always taught yeah. 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 So yeah, that's I mean, it's a it's it's such a fruity drink and it's fun and and it's so it's a little it's just tacky enough to enjoy on vacation. I feel like, you know, if you're on a beach vacation, you're in a floral shirt, you're drinking out of plastic pineapples, you're having fun. Yes. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's um I actually read so originally I guess the the first popular drink, cheeky drink, sorry, was something called the zombie. Ooh, what's in the zombie? So again, it's a uh a uh, rum drink so it is light rum dark rum 
basically everything the same. The difference is there's a bit of a passion fruit puree, I guess. Ooh. And around the time that Hawaii became a state in America, uh, that's when the Mai Tai kind of took over and was the, the number one tiki drink. Great. The, um, the zombie. Yeah. Never heard of it. I like names like that. I like names like that because they insinuate that you're just going to be <laughs> blotto, which is funny to me. It's just ooh, the yes. zombie, the paralyzed. See, I would have thought there would be like milk or something in it. Yeah, or something. That's when the paralyzer, there's milk. Yeah. I think maybe that's what I'm associating with it. Yeah. They might as well just be like, drink this, you'll punch somebody. <laughs> Yay. You like inf- offending your mother in law? The zombie. Speaking of drinks. Yeah. Um, when you're packing, do you bring your own alcohol to the beach? Uh, do I bring my own alcohol to the beach? Oh, yeah, I do. I bring a cooler that my mother who is uh, just like famously packs a mean cooler. Nice. Always taught me put, take a little, she'll hate this. <laughs> Actually put some vodka in a water bottle, you know, so that then no one, and then bring a couple of cups, bring some ice, bring, yeah. you know, whatever mix you're going to have it with a um, little cranberry, a little soda, whatever you're going to do. Yeah. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, make a meat tray, make a meat tray and some sandwiches. Perfect. Oh, some lawn chairs you know what i mean i actually yeah. went to uh the beach with my friend uh who is in his late 50s and uh we brought lawn chairs and a cooler and everything like that and i just like out of the cooler was mixing cocktails and he was horrified he was like you can't drink in public i was like i made it all, i made it so nobody knows he was like people know what we're doing i was like oh i've been doing this since i was 10 years old it's fine yeah, yeah. if you wanted to be like a royal so pretty- okay Prince Charles and Camilla, they yeah. bring their own alcohol so that they don't get uh, poisoned. They're afraid of getting poisoned. Oh. Read nothing about whether they bring their own food, but they make sure that they have enough in a little like pouch with their security guy, I'm guessing, to make a yeah. gin and tonic. Very important. Okay. Can't be on a holiday without a gin and tonic from Britain or some <laughs> red wine, which, you know, I guess at night. I love so I maybe I'm misunderstanding this. They bring it all the way from Britain to wherever they go. Yeah. Oh, mine was just like I go to the local liquor store and load up a cooler. I didn't realize they, they were even, like, oh, they're bringing it all the way, all the way from Britain. Oh my yeah. word! Onto the beach. I'm sure they're on the beach. You know. I'm sure they carried it all themselves. I can see him heffing a, a lawn chair on his back. And, you know, <laughs> Camilla's yelling at him. <laughs> You're dragging your ass. Pick it up. Come on. <laughs> I should have married a real man. There's like a beat fight <laughs> happening. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. Um, do you know where the sand comes from in Hawaii? Where the sand comes from in Hawaii? Can I take an a, a guess? I was gonna I was gonna make sure. the mistake of saying educated guess before I got it wrong. Um, <laughs> I assume that the sand in Hawaii uh, comes from the lava rocks that are washed washed uh, uh, broken down by the the waves. I. That might be true of some kind, but I've read that it's it's there's no terrestrial output of sand, so actually naturally it doesn't have any sand. I don't know what happened to the volcanoes. Um, I did not know that. But there's this lovely little fish who eats the algae off the coral yes. in the water, and um, when he when he or she sometimes will eat some of that coral as well, and mm-hmm. what comes out the other end 
is sand. Oh my god, it's sand. shit sand. Yeah. I love that. This is the parrotfish, um, and it can he can uh, or it can put out eight hundred pounds of sand per year. Oh my god, one fish. Yeah, I'm gonna show you a picture because he's a beauty, and you'll understand the part about the parrot. Oh wow! Holy smokes, not, you not... sand, you sand shitting son of a bitch! It it looks like kind of a fish with like a horse's mouth. Yeah, but he that's does. He's like beak, and it crumples up the coral and, and yeah. poops it out. I mean, he's doing some recycling. It's very good for the coral to be getting that algae off, which would block the sun out. Oh, but... okay. That is interesting. Yeah. That I didn't know that. No, I just assumed it was sort of the lava rock that had been um, beat down by the waves. But that's uh, that's pretty cool. Well, at least some of it will will blame on the parrotfish. Maybe the section that you're sitting on when you're in Hawaii—that's the—that's that's the, that's that's the, the lava stuff. Oh, sure, <laughs> not yeah. Parrotfish. You're not sitting on shit rock. You're sitting <laughs> on lava rock. Yeah. I am the. That's I'm. I'm bringing all new meaning to the phrase "King Shit a Turd Island." <laughs> oh. One Ooh. sort of Canadian fact for us. Okay. We're Canadian. Are we? Um, we are. <laughs> okay, good. Um, I'm sure you know all about snowbirds. Okay, yeah, like the snowbirds who go down to the, the United States and, and, and whatnot, Mexico yeah. and that. Yeah. Okay. And return, and return to Canada. Yeah, so basically because you can be out of Canada for six months um, and still keep all your health benefits and everything, a lot of People who are generally retired uh, go down to visit uh, Mexico, so either Puerto Vallarta or Mayan Riviera, which is really popular, or the U.S., so Florida, Texas, Arizona. Okay. That's weird. Why do people just, like, <laughs> migrate <laughs> yeah. for half a year to a different place? Because you will freeze to death in, in uh, Calgary. In Canada. You will die. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? I, my uncle and his husband go down to uh, Mexico for, like, four months out of the year and they're very happy people well apparently they have better health than their staying put friends well no doubt so maybe that's because of the sort of side that you were talking about earlier like the the hypnotic ocean and that kind of side of things or it could be just that you are more likely to break your hip on ice (laughs) i just think it's nice to look at somebody who's definitely gonna have to sit in the winter for the entire year and just look at them and go see it in three months oh it'd be so good i wish see you and see you wouldn't want to be a yeah but yeah the (laughs) most the majority of international snowbirds are canadian because obviously it's so cold cold it's definitely um it's the the snowbird phrase has been coined here and everybody knows what it means because it just means you you made enough money in your lifetime and made enough good decisions that now you don't have to sit in the snow and the cold for three months of the year. Yeah, it's the dream. Yeah, and you can come home and and uh, talk to everybody in the summer. Yep. yep. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's all the interesting facts I have on uh, sun vacations and my ties. Have you got anything? I found it really interesting, and I hate to um, reiterate this, but I really do find it interesting that the uh, the waves are uh, put you into a light meditative state. I think that's very. Uh, I, I I always thought that, but I didn't know that was truth. But it is very like the sound of the waves and the and the the flow of the waves and stuff. It really really takes you away. I think just being on a beach in general is just very uh, very hypnotic and sort of takes you out of your your mind. 
uh, your current state of mind. So yeah, I really enjoyed that. That was my favorite fact among among the others. Yeah, well, and both you and I are seasoned seasoned meditationists. <laughs> yeah, sort of. <laughs> That's called. Uh, <laughs> we dabble. Yeah, we just um, get real anxious, and then we put on a. a... <laughs> meditation app and try to calm it all down just six months of anger and <laughs> sadness we just try to cram down with a meditation app every once in a while exactly um but i have heard doing meditation while on holiday i'm guessing really what would be perfect is sitting by the beach being able to hear the waves and meditate yeah it's um it is it, you're out of your element right you're sort of like out of like this your stress zone you know when you're in your own house and you're like Oh, this needs to be done, and this needs to be done. And this, need all you have to do on a beach is just be there. You know, yeah. you, you just gotta enjoy yourself and and uh, have a few mai tais and enjoy the company of your your chosen friends or family who you you left with. And yeah, uh, yeah I think it's I think that's a beautiful thing. Yes, it is. It is. Well, uh, I think that's us, Carla. Did you have fun? I did love this drink. It's going to be my new favorite drink, even though it's a little more complicated than normal. And I might be, I might uh, ease it into the morning as you so uh, blatantly suggested earlier in the podcast. Well, you guys, we had an absolute blast and we hope you join us next week. We do this every Thursday. So join us every Thursday for the latest episode of life pairings. We'll post today's drinks on Instagram at life pairings podcast. Please tag us. We want to see your Mai Tais. Also for any questions or suggestions, send us an email life pairings podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we had a absolute blast. We hope you did too. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks guys.